Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Are you ready for the word? Um, everybody knows what this is, right? It's an extension cord. This extension cord um, is a conduit, not the current. It's a conduit, not the source. It's a carrier of the source, but it's not the source. As I got up to come and preach this morning. The Lord said, you need to remind some people they're not the source, they're just the conduit. That, that when it comes to heaven on earth, I, I, I do believe that when we go and look at the Scriptures today, you're going to see that God has called us to heavenize earth, to bring heaven to earth. And the only way that we can do that is if we get plugged into the source as conduits, then we can, can plug into the person that needs the supply of the power. But the moment you think this is not you, you become the source or you think you are the source and then we have no real answers for people. Can I say with the, um, the thinking of the set man, some of you understand the thinking of the set man in church that supposedly I am the set man and through that set man, everything's going to flow. That's a lot of pressure, eh? Now, I understand the principle that in every house, in every work of God, there is an angel, the Bible says, from heaven, which is actually a human. An angel speaks to a human on on earth and they communicate the the, the message of heaven, but still, we're just a conduit. He's just an extension, Claude. Thank you, Jesus. That that was not planned. It just popped out. I promise you. I promise you. Let's go to the Word of God this morning because... um, (laughs) Jesus wants to remind you how to pray. In Matthew 6, really was a pop-out. It didn't, extension clawed. Matthew 6 and verse 9, our Father in heaven. This is Jesus teaching His disciples to pray. May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Don't you pray that. And may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Every time we pray, we are literally trying to plug into heaven so that the power can be released on earth. We are literally going to that place of surrender before God and tapping into heaven's power so that things can be shifted on earth. If we're honest with ourselves, and we look at where the church is at today, we would say one thing the church lacks is power. And as A.W. Tozer said, you must not think of the church as an anonymous body, a mystical, religious abstraction. We Christians are the church, and whatever we do is what? The church is doing. I'll say it again. We Christians are the church. And whatever we do, the church is doing. God expects us to heavenize earth. God expects us to realize that we can heavenize earth through the power of prayer. The first thing that God has showed me in leading up to today and I'm trusting Him that this is truly a prophetic 
communication to you today. Let me use that word. He showed me the prophetic position of the church, where the church is at today. And he took me to the Gospel of John in the 21st chapter, the last chapter there, and showed me that Peter is a type of the church in this moment where Peter is found by Jesus back on the shores of Galilee fishing. He's gone fishing. After denying Christ three times, it was a very public denial and and it was confirmed three times. After his public denial, he became despondent, discouraged, probably depressed. He had broken his relationship with God and so he he gets up one morning and says, I'm going fishing. And as he says, I'm going fishing, and that wasn't just like you and I would go, well, I wouldn't go fishing, but some of you would go fishing for, for recreation and for fun. Somehow it's fun. I find it fun just to buy it down at the shop and cook it. Anyway, he went fishing because that's what he used to do. That was his commercial endeavour. That was his career. That was his business. So he's gone back to the old job because he's broken his relationship so much as far as he believes that he thinks all I can do is go back to what I know. And it's interesting that as he says that, all the other disciples says, oh yeah, we're coming too. Even the Apostle John, who writes of himself, the one who Jesus loved. Most people miss that point and just look at Peter. Actually, Peter has become kind of the focal point of the Gospels at this point in John chapter 21. Second to Jesus, of course, because of his public denial, because of his fall from grace, because of his failure. And, Pete, and Jesus comes to meet them while they're fishing. And you know the story. You can read it for yourself. Uh, Jesus asks them if they've caught anything and they say, no, we've been fishing all night and caught nothing. We've been working all night and caught nothing. We put our business plan in place and we activated and we had no results. And, you know, you could surmise that they were doing the wrong thing, but I want to suggest to you today that at that moment they were doing the wrong thing on the wrong side because Jesus turns to them early in the morning as He says that they've got, they, they said they've caught nothing. He turns to them and says, just cast it out on the right side. Keep doing what you're doing, but do it on the other side. Keep doing what you're doing, but do it on the other side. Do it in another way. And how did Peter end up here? He ended up here because he feared political persecution more than his priestly responsibility before Jesus. When he was asked if he knew Jesus, he, because of his fear of political persecution, he denied Christ not once, not twice, but three times. He feared being rejected socially. But the resurrected Jesus, this is incredible, the resurrected Jesus pursues him. And he doesn't pursue him to judge him, to contemn him. In fact, the first thing he does is release a personal blessing and says, gives him a word from heaven, cast it out on the other side. And then Peter and his disciples, his friends, his mates, they catch 153 large fish. It's interesting that, that John found it really important to note whilst he didn't note other things. He doesn't tell us what happened in that personal conversation that Peter had with Jesus after swimming to the shore before everybody else. He doesn't tell us that detail, but he does tell us 153 large ships, fish, fish and ships. 
He does tell us that. And for thousands of years, people have speculated about the significance of that 153 large fish. Some once believed that it would be 153 popes that would sit in office before Christ returned. Others believed other things about it. it was, there's so much speculation around it, but the one thing that sticks out, the number 153 is the representation of abundant blessing. If you do a personal study of, in the Gospels of where Jesus personally blessed individuals, you find that He personally blessed 153 individuals throughout the Gospels. And it was the fish that they caught. When Jesus is, when the disciples finally all get on the shore and meet with Jesus, they find that He has prepared a fresh breakfast of grilled fish and bread there on the shores. He blessed Peter's business with an abundant supply. He had an intimate meal on the shore with the disciples where He restored Peter's broken relationship by asking him three questions. Well, two questions. The first question, Peter, do you love me more than these? To which he said, yes. And the second question he asked twice, do you love me? Like, let's just reconfirm this. You denied me three times. Let me restore you three times. In an intimate setting, He graciously restores Peter's broken relationship with God. And then he reveals to Peter his future. And again says to Peter at the end of it all, you can go home and read it yourself. I know you're going to do that. You're going to go home and read the Gospel of John, chapter 21, in its entirety, just to make sure that what I'm saying to you is correct. You're going to do, I know you're going to do that. But when you go there, just watch at the end of the chapter how Jesus says, at the end of all of this, He says to Peter, now follow me. Peter's been following Jesus for years, denies Him, walks away. He comes back, restores him, blesses him personally. And then at the end of it all, he says, now come follow me. It's really important to remember that I think this is a picture of the church right now. That actually there are some of us who have quite publicly denied Christ and walked away. And there are others that are the sheepish followers of Christ that have passively denied Christ and also gone fishing. But you know what? We went fishing for earthly things. They went fishing for earthly things. They went fishing for earthly fish, but Peter was called to be a fisher of men, not a fisher of fish. Peter was not called to be involved in something commercially. He was called to lead something for the kingdom. And Jesus knew this. Jesus knew that in about six to seven weeks from this point in time, Peter was going to lead the charge of a global gospel mission that would change the entire world in the next two decades. It's the position of the church today. But then he showed me the future of the church. And he showed me that from here in Acts chapter 5. I wonder if you could come with me and have a look at this portion of Scripture. It simply says the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people and all the believers. If you're watching online, all the believers online, all the believers in person, We're meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade, but no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high 
regard for them. The next verse looks like a contradiction until you understand what was being spoken about. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. And they were all healed. You know, as God spoke to me from that first portion of the fact that God wants us to heavenize earth, and that the position of the church right now is like where Peter was in John chapter 21. You've got to know that right now God is restoring your broken relationship with Him. You've got to know that God is restoring your broken relationship with Him. You've got to know that some of you, like the Apostle John, didn't even realise that your relationship with God was broken and God is restoring it. It's a shocking thing to realise that you think you're right with God and you think everything's working, but there's this broken area of your relationship with God. Maybe it's in prayer. Maybe you've stopped coming to God in prayer, expecting a miracle, and you've just gone to God saying, okay, I'll put up and I'll shut up and I'll just keep on going. But you know what happens when you put up and you shut up for too long? Something pops out that you're not expecting. Something comes up and you go, no, I just can't do this anymore. You know what? Now is the time for God to restore that area of your prayer life where you'll come back and believe Him for a miracle for your loved one. You'll come back and believe Him for a breakthrough in that area of healing. You'll come back to God in believing prayer and say, God, Your will on earth as it is in heaven. God is restoring our broken relationship with Him. Whether you denied Him openly or you denied Him passively, God is restoring that broken relationship. You'll no longer go fishing for earthly things. But the future of the church here in this portion of Scripture, the future of the church will overshadow its history. When you look at what happened with Peter, it's amazing if you can look into this and say, Peter in, in John 21 is us, but, but Peter in Acts 5 is us also. We're even... I think sometimes we miss it. Even Peter's shadow, they brought the sick and those possessed by demons so that even his shadow might fall over a few. No, no, no. Even his shadow might fall over a few, but all were healed. What? Even his shadow might fall over a few, but all were healed. I, I do believe the glory of the church in the future is going to be so powerful. You know, if you study the book of Acts, which is it's kind of like our roadmap for the future, but also just a snippet of what it might be like in the future. If you look at the book of Acts, it's very central that they are the acts of the apostles. They're not the acts of Jesus. They're not the acts of anyone else. They are the acts of the apostles. In fact, many people, because of their whatever, they, they, they focus on, oh, no, it's the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. But the Bible writes it clearly. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as they went by. And then verse 16 finishes off with, and they were all healed. I think the future of the church 
that God wants us to see is where we begin to do what we do as our work and we use whatever model and framework that we're used to. And as we do that, God breathes on it and it becomes this infectious en masse overshadowing of the glory of God where by the end of it all, we just all come together and worship God in wholeness and realise regardless of our brokenness, our faults and our failures and our gaps in all of those things, God shall be glorified and breakthrough shall take place. It's what's got to happen. It's just got to happen that because you have faithfully kept coming to church and worshipping God and doing what you know to do and your spouse has been out here on the corner in a ditch somewhere just doing life and gone fishing for something else, that because you kept doing that, that shadow that got on you gets into your home and changes everything. Hello, somebody. Stop listening to the religious crowd that told you to stop go fishing. You need to leave your job. I can remember someone saying to me many years ago, we were probably in one of the best seasons of our life to date in terms of church life. The church had tripled in size and that over three years' time, we'd gone from 100 to 200, 300. We're on the edge of going to 400. And a pastor, a well-meaning, a well-meaning, sincere pastor said to me, on the phone one day, he says, God, it's been on my heart. I've just got to ask you this question. I believe God wants to ask you this question. When are you really going to step out in faith, leave that job and give the church your full attention? Because I was working full time, leading the church, raising a team. And I said, oh, really? I said, you think I'm not in faith? I said, do you know how much faith it takes to work 60 to 65 hours a day in another job and put 20-odd hours a week, 65, I said a day, but a week. You worked it out. Online worked it out. No, they're already typing to us right now. I said, and also put 20-odd hours a week into church leading and preparing sermons in between business meetings. Do you know how much faith it takes? I said, I'm not leaving soon and I'm still in faith. They were fishing on the wrong side of the boat, getting no results. Kept doing the same thing on the right side. Get on the right side, everything works. Get on the wrong side, nothing works. Got to get into the kingdom purpose. Get out of the commercial purpose. As we come into land, I think there's some things that the Lord would like to say to us. What He wants from us beyond 2020 because most of us just want to get beyond 2020. Is that right? No. You want to repeat 2020? Uh, beyond 2020, God wants from His church. Number one, all believers. All believers meeting regularly at the temple. Can I say this respectfully for those of us watching online? And we're so thankful that we can provide you this stream this morning, this broadcast, because it's vital for those of you that are too unwell to come, unable to come. It's so vital for those of you that are FIFO right now and this is your church experience while you're working on the mines out there in remote places. This is so vital for those times you just need to stay home because it's a priority for your own health, well-being and for your family. But can I say to you, as we move into 2020, more than ever before, God wants all believers gathering in one place to receive from heaven, to pray together, to dream together, to work together, to minister together. But he's also calling upon disciples who would dare to respond to the high call of God. 
in the first instant as all believers gathering together in the temple, we need to reset our values. It's interesting how I watch over the last 25 to 30 years, church followers of Christ set their values in certain ways and they'll never miss this and they'll never miss that, but they'll get to church if they can. Can I just say it openly? Without any sense of correctness, no political correctness, no pastoral correctness, no movement correctness, no correctness at all, just Bible correctness. Can I say this? God is calling His church into the future where we will all gather together as believers. We've got to reset our values. But as disciples, we've got to dare to respond to the high call of God. And that means rediscover your voice. It's interesting that Peter jumped out of the boat and swam to shore while John, the one who Jesus loved, it's like, that guy makes me sick, I'm sorry. Respectfully. Okay, that's my fault side, just give me some grace. He's always banging on in his gospel how Jesus loved him so much. But when he recognised him on the shore, he's not the one who puts his clothes on, jumps in the water and swims to Jesus. No, he stays in the boat. He wants to make sure we get all the fish into the shore and he paddles in with the others. Or he didn't want to get wet, one of the two. But Pete jumps straight into the water, swims to Jesus. It's only 100 metres. But here's the deal. Peter dared. Peter dared to respond to Jesus. He knew that he could be, he could be swimming straight towards rejection and, and, and judgment and shame as he confronted his own denials before Christ, but he didn't care. He dared to jump into the water and go straight to Jesus because he wanted to restore his relationship with God. As we go beyond 2020, we've got to be disciples who dare follow and stay in that place where we identify with Jesus. We've got to do that. Beyond 2020, God wants every believer glorifying Jesus which is a return to His vision. So with the minute I have left, personal steps that you might be able to take towards heaven on earth. Number one, activate the power of prayer and bring heaven's will to your circumstance here on earth. Pray in the morning, pray at lunch, pray in the evening. Pray in all of those positions. You don't have to bear down for an hour and go into deep groanings and intercession, but if you've got time to do that, I suggest you do morning, noon and night. I envy you if you have time to do that for an hour each time, but go ahead and do that. If you've only got time for a five-minute focused time of prayer because of your responsibilities and busyness, whether those responsibilities are four or five children, three children, two children, or just one newborn that needs you 24-7, give God that kind of powerful prayer, activating God's power here on earth from heaven. Be restored to God in the areas of your brokenness. Every one of you, every one of us, be restored in areas of brokenness. Like Peter, jump out of the boat and swim. Oh, step out of your seat and come to the altar, whatever it needs to be. And then finally, step forward personally in the house of God. If you know you can handle persecution, Step forward in the house of it. There was that scripture where it looks like it. there's a contradiction in verse 14. This is what it reads. 
Yet, verse 13 says, no one else dared join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. That was a direct reference to the apostles and their leadership. But then when it came to the church, yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. Beyond 2020, if you can handle persecution, step up in the house of God because we will face the breeze and make it easier for others. Because if you go back and read Peter's story, after Jesus revealed his prophetic future, and says, you know what, up until now, you've basically been in control of your life. But from here on, if you respond to this call, people are going to take you places you don't want to go. And when you die, you're going to die the same death as I die. And the moment Peter hears, hears that, he turns and says, what about John? What's going to happen to him? You remember? And Jesus turns to him and says, it's, don't let that concern you if I let him live and you die of crucifixion. You just respond to what I have called you to do. In other words, some of you are going to lead a sacrificial life and the end of your life here on earth won't produce much earthly fruit, but it will produce eternal fruit that will echo throughout eternity. And others will just come along from the ride and get the blessing. But you, you just respond to what I've called you to. Can I pray with you? Father, thank you this morning that we come to this moment, we know that you've called us to be the kind of people that would bring heaven to earth. Thank you, God, today that you are restoring areas of brokenness in our relationship with you so that we might dare to respond to your high call upon our life. God, help us today. Help us to reset our values Help us today to rewrite the vision that you've given to us as your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.